just a few moments. We cover the Heilige Yudzat, the Heilige Balatanya, the Shulchan Aruch Harav. I just want to mention, just before we have two Gavaldige Yidin over here that I'm privileged to be sitting in between, just to mention for a moment who exactly was the Balatanya, who was the Shulchan Aruch Harav, where did he come from? Just a little bit of history to understand. And then I'm sure we'll hear some Gavaldige Mises, Gavaldige stories. Rabbi Shneer Zalman of Liadi, the Alter Rebbe, as he was known by Lubavitch, the Balatanya was born in the 18th of Elul, 5505, September 1745, in the Yishana, small town in Russia. His parents were Boruch and Rebetzin Rivka. He was amazing at a very young age. At a young age, he was absolutely amazed all those around him in learning, and at his bar mitzvah, in fact, he was, by all the gedolim that were there, by his bar mitzvah, they actually named the Balatanya Rav Tano Polig. That means at his bar mitzvah already, that he had the status of the gedolim of previous generations, and he had the right to argue with the gedolim of previous generations. By the age of 18, he had known at that time all of Shas, all of Rishonim and Achronim, all of Sifri, Kabbalah, and Medrash, along with all of science, math, astronomy, and everything that goes together with that. At the age of 20, he decided he needed a Rebbe. He needed someone that would lead him, a Rebbe. And he did, there were two paths in front of him. There were two Mahalchim that the Balatanya could have gone. On one side, he could have gone to Vilna, and he could have learned from the Heilige Vilna Goin, with that Mahalach. And on the other side, there was the Magad of Rezrich, the founder, Kemat of the Hasidus, someone who took over the Heilige Baal Shem Tov. And he had these choices, which way should he go? He could have gone to either of them. He made a choice based on the following Cheshben. His Cheshben was, I have already mastered Torah, Gemara, and the discipline of learning Torah, but Tefillah I haven't yet mastered. And because I haven't mastered Tefillah yet, I think I'm going to become a Talmud of the Maggid of Mezrich, and that's Tefillah and the Tzavodis Hashem, and they decided I'm going to the Maggid. So he goes and he travels to the Maggid. This was a huge turning point in his life. He gets there, and he sees something very interesting. They're busy davening, preparing for davening, more davening, more davening. What are they learning? Of course they learned, but the time of learning wasn't as much as he was used to. He was an extremely intellectual person. He needed to delve into the depths of Torah. Yes, he wanted to conquer the Avodis Atfila, but they were spending too much. He couldn't take it. He decided Mizrich was not for him. I'm going to be leaving the Maggid. Didn't say a word. He decided I'm leaving. He left. On the way out, he remembered that he left something in the base Medrash. So he goes back into the base Medrash to perhaps find what he's looking for. And when he gets back to the base Medrash, he sees the Maggid. And the Maggid is involved in a sugi in Aloha. Somebody had come to the Maggid with a shail of a lung. Now anyone that knows Yeridea knows that a shaila with a lung is of the most complex shailas. Very complex details. And the Maggid was showing his expertise, his depth, his breadth of Torah in an incredible way. That when he saw this, Rav Zalman the Balatani decided, I'm going to remain in Mizrich, 
This is the place that I want to be. I want the Maggid to be my Rebbe. Once he said that, once he decided that, the Maggid then revealed to the Balatanya what his Rebbe, the Balshemtov, revealed to him many years earlier. The Balshemtov revealed to the Maggid that a son of Rebaruch is going to come. He's then going to leave and he's going to return, which is exactly what happened. When he returns, the Baal Shem Tov gave him instructions. Make sure you tell him about his life, where it's going to lead, and how his life is going to be full of challenges along the roads. And he told Rav Zalman, Rav Zalman understood, he was Makabal, and he stayed there. In 1767, Rav Zalman was summoned to be the Magid of Leishana, his hometown, which, and he was leading the people, he was a manig, he was the rob over there, he did that for about 30 years. He was actually known as his friends as a Litvak because he came from Lithuania and eventually became one of the greatest Talmidim of the Magid of Mezrich. The Magid in 1770 told Rishnir Zalman, I want you to do something monumental. I want you to write a new and improved version of the Shulchan Aruch. Now to write a version of the Shulchan Aruch, that means you have to know all of Torah. All of Torah from, from the Gemaras, from Shas, Rishonim, Malachwedim, Poiskim, Malacha, everything. And he knew everything, and he embarked on the journey of writing what we know it today as the Shulchan Aruch Harav. And that was a huge task. Two years after completing that, he decided he's going to write the Mamorim, the Tanya. And he worked on the Tanya for 20 years. In 1792, copies of manuscripts of the Tanya started floating around Claudius Yisrael. And people wanted it more and more. And people were actually trying to mess with the manuscripts of the Tanya. So much so that they were adding things that were not good. And they told Rishnei Zalman that people are adding things to the Tanya. You need to do something about it. You need to print it. You need to publish it. This way people can't mess with it because it's already in safer form. So he decided, okay, I'm going to print it officially. And it had two conditions. Condition number one is that they would include the Haskomas, which is a whole shaila, how we got the Haskomas. That's the Sugar of Niyatsumai. Incredible stories, how we got the Haskomas. And the other one was that there would be no name. He refused to have his name in it. He wanted it to be anonymous because he didn't want anyone to attribute the Sefer to him. This was the Sefer for Kali Yisrael. In 1796, the first Tanya was printed. 15,000 copies. The next year, 5,000 copies. The year later, 20,000 copies. It was incredible that the, the want for such a Sefer, which as anyone that's actually looked inside the Sefer knows, it's a Sefer of Avodah Hashem, how to serve Hashem, how to connect to Hashem, the different parts of the Neshama, V'chuleh, V'chuleh, it's an incredible piece of work. I'll just end with one Gavaldiga Maisa. It's a Maisa we may have said many times on Rosh Hashanah, but it's a Maisa that I think it's worth mentioning specifically today. As we know from the Tzadikim, the day of Yodzai is a day that the Neshama has a Hashba, and we can chaperain some of that Gavaldiga Hashba's when Shnei Zalman was in prison in 1798 by the uh, dreadful secret service of St. Petersburg, the chief of staff came into the prison to interrogate him. And as soon as he opened the door and he saw the rabbi there, he couldn't believe it. He saw uh, a malach of a person. He couldn't believe who he saw. And he realized this was no ordinary prisoner. So the chief of staff said, Rabbi, I have a question from the Bible. Are you willing to answer it? And the rabbi said, of course, Ask whatever you want. So he said, I have a question, Rabbi. In the beginning of the Bible, it says that when the Rabbi Yishonim was looking for Adam Arishan, he said, Ayeka, where are you? Are you telling me that God did not know what Adam Arishan was? It makes no sense. And the Balatani, Rishon Zalman answered, 
And he said, do you really believe that the Torah is for all eternity? That the Torah is for all generations. It wasn't just a storybook written then, but it was for all of us and every generation. And the chief of staff said, yes, I fully believe that it's for all eternity. So Shnezalman said, in that case, when the Rabbani Shalom called to Adam Rishon, he said, Ayaka, it was a call that started then and continues every single day. The Rabbani Shalom calls out to every one of us. And he says, Ayaka, where are you? Where are you in the world? Where are you in your connection to the Rabbani Shalom? Where are you in performing that which you were sent down to the world to perform? And this officer, this chief of staff, was so overwhelmed with the answer that he got from the Rebbe, that he re- reported that to the Tsar. And he said, there's a man of God in prison over here. There's no way that the allegations against him are true. They must be false. And that eventually led <coughs> to his coming out of prison. We're with a very highly geyid. I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more. It should be a schos. And his schos should be more on all of us. But Ezra Hashem, we should chaperine some of the gewaldigos schosim that he has. Amen.